there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between, the highs, the lows and the fuck me this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Back to episode 32 of Unleash Your Creative Magic. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. And if you've been listening for a while, then thank you very much. I hope you're finding these podcasts some kind of use to you. So I'm going to give you a little round of my last month because quite frankly, I've been slacking on the podcasting front and the writing. Shh, did I just say that out loud for everyone to hear? This month, I finally got to meet up with some of my group of writing friends, Joe Bartlett, Jessica Redland, Helen J. Rolf, Sharon Booth and Jackie Labbery. And I can't tell you how amazing it was. We all decided to meet in Stratford-upon-Avon, which was the most central meeting point for us all. The only downside was the almost four-hour drive to get there. But it was amazing because I was on my own. I'm very rarely on my own. And I downloaded The Book of Accidents by Chuck Wendig from Audible to listen to on the way. And I was hooked. In fact, I've just finished it and it was a mammoth 16 hours of listening, but well worth it. It had just the right amount of creepy, scary, page-turning moments that I love in a book. And it reminded me of early Stephen King stories, which are my favourite. Anyway, we all booked into a Premier Inn and met up for some coffee and scones when we got there. Ah, the great scone-scone debate. Where I'm from, it's good old scone. And thankfully, there were no raisins in sight. We had a fab evening. We drank champagne in my room and then walked a short distance to a gorgeous pub down the road called... Uh, actually, I have no idea. I'll have to double check and give them a shout out. But the staff were fab. The food was amazing. And the one porn star martini I had, I was very restrained, was literally perfection. There is something wonderful about being able to talk to a group of friends about your shared passion, whether it be writing, flower arranging, baking, fell walking. It's honestly good for your soul. And the laughter is pretty wonderful, too. A week later, I was lucky enough to fit in a flying visit to Edinburgh Christmas markets and an overnight stay there. Let me tell you, Edinburgh is a beautiful city and boy, do they like huge monuments there, like really, really impressive ones. We stayed in another Premier Inn. Haha, <laughs> this podcast isn't a, an advert for them. It should be sponsored by them, hint, hint. But it was affordable, central and very nice, which is all you can ask for, really. I've been to Edinburgh as a kid, but I couldn't really remember it. The markets were lovely, but very, very crowded, which was giving me a bit of um, a worry with all this COVID stuff that's still going on. So we queued up and went on the big wheel. I hate them with a passion. I hate heights, but I'm really stubborn. And if I see something really tall, I always force myself to go to the top. It's a bit of a sick obsession. Steve, on the other hand, isn't fazed by heights, so I had to squeeze my eyes shut at the t- shut at the top of the big wheel because my stomach was doing somersaults on, on overtime. But I did kind of enjoy it. 
We shopped and visited the castle the next day and had an all-round jolly lovely time. It really is a lovely city and very quaint. I can't wait to go back there next year. But this time I'll be wearing trainers and not Dr Martin boots. I didn't realise quite how hilly it was and my feet were dropping off after walking back down from the castle. The rest of December has been spent having quality time with my family and grandkids. We've made gingerbread houses, visited the Christmas tree festival and it's the first year I've been able to really relax and enjoy it. That was until I had to go and get a tooth removed at the dentist. I hate the dentist with a passion and it was the worst experience of my life. An hour of pulling and writhing only for it to go wrong and snap off. I was sent home with antibiotics and another appointment to come back to have the rest of it removed and lost eight days of my life in so much agony with a sore mouth. But despite all that, the big question is, how is my writing going after all of this excitement? And ha, you have guessed it, disastrous is probably an accurate description. I'm almost afraid to even check my word count. So I'm not going to. I'm just going to keep at it, which is all you can do sometimes. And I say it quite often that life gets in the way and it does. You might slave away working on your masterpiece, but whilst you're busy working hard, you have to remember to enjoy the here and the now. And I think I quite often get lost spending so much time focusing on my writing, which brings me to what I was going to talk about after that mammoth catch up. I was wondering, well I've been wondering for some time, what I can do to work smarter and not harder. I don't want to get to the stage where all I do is write every spare minute and miss out on all the fun stuff, which I'm afraid I have over the years. It's not been easy working, writing, bringing up a family and looking after loved ones. And I think we often neglect ourselves. And until I had to go to the dentist in December, it was amazing because I did all of the above. And thankfully, my mouth wasn't as sore by Christmas Eve and the two courses of antibiotics I was taking finished in time, so I did get to enjoy a glass of fizz on Christmas Day. But when I sat back and thought about it all, I realised that it had been so lovely not forcing myself to write, which is a bit of a dilemma when you're contracted to produce your next novel by February the 10th. How am I going to manage to do this? So I've spent the last day searching my favourite place of all on the internet, Pinterest, for tips on how to work smarter and not harder. So here are some of the ones I've found, which I think apply to everything, but I think they might especially be helpful to us writers. Block out your time. And I think I've mentioned this before. And yes, I need to do this better. So I've bought myself a wall planner from the amazing Gothic Stationery Company for 2022. And I'm going to write down the days and times I intend to spend writing. At the moment, I'm all over the place and I write as and when I can. So, and I have no actual, um, what do you say? I have no definite um, plans of, of uh, or time blocks of when I write. So I'm going to work on it. I think it could really be a game changer as long as I get my ass into gear. Another tip was to outsource and delegate. Hmm. I already outsourced some of my social media tasks and and my new website running to a wonderful, wonderful assistant called Jess, who is just amazing. And I was lucky enough that my coach Gabby found her for me. She's a lifesaver and does a daily Instagram story or Facebook post, which I'm a bit pants at. So I can tick this off the delegating part. I'm not that good at. 
I'm getting better at telling my family to do things, which has always been a bit of a struggle. I hate being bossy, but I suppose if I want to work smarter, I need to ask for more help. Is there anyone you can ask to help with your social media if it's all a bit overwhelming? You may have a family member who is an expert that you could bring on board to give you a hand and take some of the pressure off. The next hint was learn to say no. Ah, it's so hard, isn't it? If you're a pushover like me, saying no is really quite difficult. But I'm getting better at it. It's a case of having to sometimes for the sake of your own sanity. You can tell whoever is asking you for your time that you will do it when it suits you. So you're not actually being really rude. I won't mention any names, but I have a daughter who assumes I can just drop everything to take her shopping or McDonald's or KFC. Um, enough said about that. Not that she'll be listening. Another hint was to keep yourself organised. And this is a nightmare for me. I'm so disorganised. So it's something I need to work on. And any suggestions you might have will be gladly accepted. So send them my way. I suppose the blocking out of my time would really be a huge help with this. And actually, the one way to do this would be using the many diaries I buy or get bought for Christmas. That could be a great start. Another tip was to create yourself a functional space, which is great if you have the room. But we all don't have spare rooms to turn into offices or writing sheds though, do we? Although I did have a writing shed for a short space of time, which was fab until it got filled with all the junk that there was nowhere to keep anywhere else. And I do have a spare bedroom at the moment with a desk, which is a lifesaver. But when I started writing, I had four bedrooms and five kids. There was nowhere to go and hide. And I used to have an old fashioned bureau crammed into the corner of the living room next to the TV. And if I wanted to write back then, I'd have to put headphones in so I couldn't hear the television. And you know what? I honestly think I was far more productive back then because I had so many kids around and so little time. I had to make the most of it. So another tip is to know your priorities. Think about what your goals and priorities are. You can work smarter by doing the most important tasks first. And I suppose you could write a list of what you have to do and, and list them all in order of what needs doing first. Now, I'm not that keen on list writing, but it can be really useful for getting those pesky jobs you keep putting off done. And there's something satisfying about ticking them off in a red pen as you've worked your way down that list. You could also automate tasks. And by this, I mean you could spend an hour a week writing Facebook or Instagram or Twitter posts and schedule them. And I've tried this a couple of times. It works if you're that way inclined. I'm not. <laughs> I'm rubbish. You can also post the same stuff on multiple platforms, which years ago used to be frowned upon. And I used to hate seeing it and thinking that they were just being lazy. But honestly, I've had to do it myself because time is not always on my side. And I've realised that if it helps to get my posts across to the readers, followers and friends that take the time to read all my stories, then it's the least I can do. I owe it to them to keep them updated on, on things. So what do you think about all of the above? Do you already do some of this stuff? Maybe you do it all. And if you do, then I'm in awe of you. Well done. Or maybe you're like me and completely unorganised. If you are, hopefully you might find some of these hints useful. I'm definitely going to try and follow a few of them, or all of them, to make my working life smarter, not harder. I've had a taste of making memories and lazy days enjoying the little things. And I want more of it. Surely it can't be a bad thing. Life's hard enough as it is. 
and we are certainly far too tough on ourselves. I think we deserve a little break. Trust me, I think we all do. So thanks for listening in. You have no idea how much it means to me. Have a fabulous week and a lovely new year. And don't forget to fit in some writing when you can. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, take care.